What's up, guys? Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. It's our radio show turned into a podcast. We appreciate you joining us, and we're brought to you by BetNow.eu. It's the place I'm placing my Big 12 bets this fall. Currently a 100% sign-up bonus. Every dollar you deposit will be matched. Use the promo code HEARTLAND for a 100% sign-up bonus. It's simple to join, deposit, cash out. Join me in placing those Big 12 bets at betnow.eu. And don't forget, please do rate, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. I'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie if you do it. You just email me a screenshot of your review to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks for doing that, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the show. Third and goal at the three, and Iowa State moved at the snap. Skyler Thompson to the goal line, touchdown. I can feel it coming on now as the music plays. Taking shots with the night out. He's at the Baylor 35, the 30, the 25, the 20. It's a foot race to the 10, to the 5, into the end zone. He goes again. David Sills with a 53-yard touchdown reception. We're going all night long, everybody saying. And the Cyclones win it. They have knocked off the number four TCU Hard Frogs. This is not some mirage. When the sun goes down, They just kept trying to catch him, and he just kept running away from him. It's 81 yards for McCluskey on the grab. It's caught at the 10, to the 5, into the end zone, it's a touchdown! Oh, mother! Well, I honestly, I was not sure I was going to make it to this point. I really did not know, but we have made it. Big 12 football is back. I don't count last weekend with the Hawaii's and the Colorado States of the world playing. I'm sorry, I just don't. This is week one of the college football season. It's week one of the Big 12 season. And I don't know about you, but it is, uh, it's awesome to have it back. It really is. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, and appreciate you joining us on the show and being a part of the show each and every week. Uh, if you're new to the show, I host a morning show in Kansas City on KCMO Radio. I previously have worked in New York at CBS Sports Radio and Sports Illustrated. I've worked in Oklahoma, in Woodward at K101 and Z92. And I started this website, heartlandcollegesports.com, as a way to connect to Big 12 fans. And it really is, has taken off in a big way. And it's great to be back with you each and every week. And the podcast doing well as well on iTunes and uh, Google Play. So let's dive into week one here. I, there is so much that I am intrigued by and so much that I am excited by in what this conference has to offer. Now, the week one slate is not fantastic. You know, there's not the big-time matchups like Texas-USC and TCU-Ohio State coming up in a couple of weeks. Just not there. But it's week one. I mean, there's 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 plenty of storylines to get to, and, and here are the biggest ones for me as we'll go down the list. First off, Texas against Maryland. What's the deal there? You know, Texas last year got absolutely embarrassed by the Terps. It was not even, you know, it was close. But let's be honest, that game turned on a dime in the first half, and it was embarrassing the way that the Terps basically um, ran Texas out of the building 
and it was an embarrassing way for Tom Herman to start his tenure in Texas. Revenge should be at the top of this team's mind. On top of that, DJ Durkin has a slew of issues at Maryland. Texas, if they really are, not even back, but if they even are on the path to being back, they have got to win this game with relative ease, go out there and get a W. Now, which team do I think in the Big 12 has the best chance at a loss this weekend? I hate to say it, but it's Texas Tech against Ole Miss. I believe Tech should win this game. I do. But the problem is this. Cliff Kingsbury knows he's going into a must-win year. He knows that he's got to go out there and you got to start off hot. And when you have a schedule that it's not a it's not an easy non-conference schedule, but you know, you got Mississippi, Lamar and Houston. You got to get things off on the right foot with a win this weekend against Ole Miss. You have to. Then you got to beat Lamar, which should be easy. And if this team is 3 and 0 after non-conference play, Cliff Kingsbury then, I believe, can justify keeping his job with a six or seven win season. I think he can because if the defense is as good as we think it is, and by the way, I gave Texas Tech the top spot in our defensive backs rankings, and I think Texas fans absolutely lost their minds. In fact, I know many of them did. Easy, boys and girls, just relax, okay? It'll be okay. It'll be all right. I'll explain that later on in the show. But if Cliff Kingsbury wants to get this thing off on the right foot, feel good about the team, good about the program, and good about the season, you can't lose this game to Ole Miss in Houston. You just cannot do it. And my fear is that this is a game that Texas Tech uh, could drop. And it's not because I love Ole Miss. It's just because I have a lot of questions about what Tech is bringing to the table. So that's the one game that I look at for the Big 12 and say, you know what, that that might not um, be a win. West Virginia against Tennessee. It's prime time. It's a 2.30 Eastern kickoff or a 2.30 Central kickoff, 3.30 Eastern, of course. You know, I made this transition from uh, East Coast to now back to Central time zone. So I got to realize, you know, 11 a.m. on Saturday morning, I'm ready to rock. You know, there's no messing around here. So I got to get back in my groove of 11 a.m. kickoffs. I'm not sure if I'm going to start off with a mimosa or what the deal is going to be, but um, no messing around. Early start on Saturday. I absolutely, I'm in love with it, but I just got to remember that. I don't want to be an hour behind on Saturday. Anyway, Tennessee and West Virginia. Jeremy Pruitt's rebuilding that program. We know the deal with Tennessee. West Virginia has got to win this game. And also, West Virginia, if they're going to compete at the top of the Big 12, they've got to go 3-0, beat Tennessee, beat NC State, and here's why. If they're going to compete near the top of the conference, it's imperative for the Big 12's own strength of schedule and its own national perception to have the Big 12's top teams beating the SEC's bottom or middle tier teams. You just have to do it. It would be embarrassing for the Big 12 and it would give the haters another excuse to diminish the Big 12 if West Virginia competes for a Big 12 championship and then drops, you know, a game to Tennessee and or NC State in the non-conference while those two teams are floundering in the SEC and the ACC respectively. The Big 12 can't have that. So that's why you look at these top-tier teams, what we think are going to be the top-tier teams of the Big 12. Of course, I believe West Virginia is one of them, that they go out and they just take care of business in the non-conference. Don't mess around. Don't screw around. Go out there, get a win, and, you know, take care of business. Please take care of business. So 
it's going to be fun to watch that one in prime time. And you know what? If Dana Holgerson's going to put it together, Dana, let's do it, baby. Get it done. You won 10 games two years ago with Skylar Howard. I know the defense was darn good. Certainly better than this year's defense. But now you got a, a Heisman contender at quarterback. And no offense to Skylar Howard, that guy couldn't spell Heisman Trophy if he tried. He, he just couldn't do it. So other storylines I'm watching this weekend. Oklahoma, Florida Atlantic. Not that I think it's going to be a close game, but I just want to see Kyler Murray. And I also want to see the defense against an FAU team that, don't forget, had one of the best offenses in America last season under Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin knows what he's doing. He's a good, I mean, a great offensive mind. You can question his character, his head coaching ability, whatever it might be, but wins double-digit games last year. You know, guy was scoring 50 points a game with that team. How does Mike Stoops match up on the defensive side of the ball? Yes, it's a lower-level program, group of five program, but still, it'll be a good early, hopefully uncompetitive test for Oklahoma to see what this team is all about in the post-Baker Mayfield era, and that's, that's important. You know, it's, it's important. And I also, you know, speaking of the OU defense, is this the year that the defense kind of takes that next step that, that, you know, OU fans have been dying for? It was exposed in that second half against Georgia where it was clear OU, and this is true for the entire Big 12, it was not able to handle the ferocious running attack of a Georgia Bulldogs program. It just was not. Now, partially, it's because of how the conference uh, is built with a primarily spread offense and whatnot. But it also says something about the recruiting. I mean, the Big 12 does not have the Gerald McCoys at defensive tackle of years past. They simply don't. But what you saw first off in recruiting this past year from Oklahoma, what Texas did um, at the safety position with guys like Caden Stearns, what this conference is able to prove on the defensive side of the ball is going to be really interesting this season. And for OU, it's now time for that next level, next tier of guys from the Robert Barneses, the Caleb Kellys of the world, the Justin Brills of the world to step up and, and have this defense finally help this offense instead of it being just the offense that's carrying the defense, which is what it's been for the last couple of seasons. I want to see that. I want to see it take place. I really do. And, you know, do I think Kansas beats Nichols? I do. It's not going to be easy. I hate to say it, but it's not. Nichols is actually a decent FCS program. But if David Beatty has any chance in hell, I mean any chance, of keeping this job, you can't lose this game. Uh, it's it's not even up for debate. You cannot lose this game. There is no way, shape, or form you can go out there and blow this one. You got to get a win. And then let's be honest. You got to go out there and you got to get a win on the road against Central Michigan next week. And then you got to get out there and beat Rutgers in week three. And you got to be 3-0. and And then maybe you can pick off one or two Big 12 games and say to your new boss, hey, I am... The guy to turn this thing around. I am. That's what he's got to tell Jeff Long. But it all starts week one. Without a week one win, forget it. I mean, you could get rid of David Beatty on Monday if he loses this game. I hate to be that blunt about it, but it's just uh, it's the truth about where this program is right now and what it needs to take that next step and whether or not Beatty is the guy. 
there's reason for optimism. There is. But I'm done being optimistic because I was the last couple of years, and it, and it bit me in the rear end pretty bad. Now, there's a couple teams I didn't get to. Uh, I want to dive into the uh, K-State quarterback situation, everything going on there. What is Bill Snyder going to do? We'll get to it all coming up right here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. So in typical Bill Snyder fashion, oftentimes you just, you don't get the answer you're looking for. You, you don't. You're not going to. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly. Thanks so much for being a part of the show. And, you know, it's interesting. Now with, with gambling being legalized, and obviously it's going to be on a state-by-state basis, but it's it's coming. Don't you worry. There have been a lot of rumors and reports as to whether or not College football is going to have to go the way of the NFL with a full injury report that comes down on Thursday or Friday. So let's be honest. The injury report in the NFL is all about gambling. That's what it's about. It's what it's always been about. The NFL won't say that, but that's the truth. If that ever came to college, I don't know what Bill Snyder would do. He'd actually have to retire because the guy just does not want to give you any information. He doesn't. So... Snyder on the Big 12 teleconference earlier this week came out and said, you know, they're equal. Skylar Thompson, Alex Delton, I love them both. It's unbelievably tight. Maybe I'll know more tomorrow. Then he came out Tuesday and he basically said, I'm going to I'm gonna be the starting quarterback. He literally said that. And I don't know what Bill Snyder is going to do. I'm fascinated to see what he does. I really am. Based on what I saw at the spring game with Kansas State, I would lean Alex Delton because I saw a guy who appeared to be much better at passing the ball than he was at times last season. Now, both these guys have dual threat abilities. Thompson is more of a thrower than a runner, or he's the better thrower than Delton, at least he was last season. Delton was the better runner, but Thompson can run the ball, and now Delton can throw the ball. So I I don't know what Snyder's going to do here. But I also don't believe that he's going to have his answer this week. I could see that deep down, Snyder may know who he's going to go with for the rest of the season as his starting quarterback. But he may mix and match this game. First off, he's playing South Dakota. And he may try to keep that card in his back pocket for next week against Mississippi State. And a reminder, I will be at that Mississippi State game hosting a tailgate for Heartland College Sports. I look forward to seeing many of you there. Go on our Twitter page, at Heartland underscore CS, um, and you can get all the information as next week starts rolling right along. So I look forward to that. I look forward to hopefully seeing a lot of K-State fans at that Mississippi State game on September 8th. But I think Snyder's going to play this thing close to the vest, and that's what he's ultimately going to do because he's looking at this program And he's saying to himself, you know, I got a really good offense. My defense is suspect at best. It can be good. It can be. But I'm sorry. Uh, When I did my preseason rankings for each unit, I think I had the D-line, the linebackers, and the defensive backs all in the bottom, you know, three, four for K-State. It could be great. Or not great. It could be very good. But it also could be pretty darn bad. Don't forget this Kansas State team gave up the most passing yards in the Big 12 Conference per game last season. It was not uh, not a pretty sti- not a pretty sight for a traditionally very strong 
uh, Bill Snyder defense. It wasn't pretty last year, and I don't believe it's going to be all that pretty this year. So Snyder looks at this and says, I've got my quarterbacks. Those are the guys I need to perform at the highest level, and I'm not tipping my hand. So we'll see how it works out for him, but that's one of the major storylines I'm watching on Saturday night because the Saturday night slate for the Big 12 is not impressive. You know, early on in the day, you're going to have OU, FAU. That's intriguing on many levels. Um, You also have Texas against Maryland on Fox Sports 1, Ole Miss and Texas Tech. A lot to watch in that 11 a.m. slot. Then you get West Virginia, Tennessee at 2.30. Boom, easy watch. But at night, you know, you got a lot of garbage, but it's week one. So we're going to watch and find out what happens. You have Kansas, Nichols. You got K-State, South Dakota. You got Baylor, Abilene Christian, and then you have uh, Iowa State, South Dakota State. I'd say jokingly, maybe keep an eye on Baylor, Abilene Christian, because you know last year I thought that Baylor Liberty game was going to be nothing, and then Liberty won the darn thing. So go figure. But either way, it's week one, so uh, you are not going to get any any complaints from me at all. So we capped off our position group rankings with the defensive backs, and I just sent Texas fans into an absolute uproar. Why? Because I put Texas Tech first. I, I just think that this unit, with Sean Johnson, Justice Parker, Demarcus Fields, Fonte Dorsey, is a great group. When you throw in a couple of JUCO transfers, a guy like Adrian Cross, I believe this can be and will be the best secondary in the Big 12 when it comes to talent and depth for this year. Now, it does need to improve consistency. I said that when I wrote up my piece. But Texas fans freaked out about it. Oh, well, how can they? uh, You said they got to improve their consistency. How can they be the best? Well, Iowa State, I love their cornerback situation with Brian Peavy and DeAndre Payne. Absolutely love it. But at safety, there's some new faces there, whether it's Lawrence White or Greg Eisworth, a JUCO guy um, from Trinity Community College. So... And there's not a ton of depth there as well. So I'll say, okay, I gave uh, Texas Tech the edge. Then I put Texas at third. Now, the recruiting class was incredible for Texas. You all know about it. Caden Stearns, B.J. Foster, uh, DeMarvion Overshone, Anthony Cook, Jalen Green. The list goes on and on with this incredible secondary of freshmen. But they're freshmen. They are true freshmen. Yeah, they're four- and five-star guys. That's great. They're freshmen. And Brandon Jones and Chris Boyd and P.J. Locke are good players, but they all have some flaws and things to work on as well. So would I be shocked if by the end of the season, Texas has the best secondary in the conference? No. But right now, going into the season, I'm going with Texas Tech and then Iowa State and then Texas. And the other complaint that was used was, oh my gosh, you're giving credit to Texas Tech for Justice Parker. The guy was... Whatever, could never make the team at Texas. He had no D1 offers. He went to Division Three Texas Lutheran. Come on, man. I mean, this guy was clearly overlooked by everybody. Texas, Oklahoma, A&M, and Texas Tech. He went to D3 Texas Lutheran. I mean, he is Texas Tech's defensive version of Wes Welker. That's, that's what he's turned into in many ways. Guy was preseason um, all Big 12 selection. He had an incredible final eight games of the season last year. He's a stud, man. I'll tell you what, he'd play in the Texas secondary too. I don't care how many All-Americans you got. 
kid's gritty. He's got cojones. I, he's the real deal. And I'd take him on any team in the Big 12 Conference as a starter. I would. Texas fans might laugh at that, but I, I, I really would do that. So I believe that this unit, the Texas Tech defensive backs, are the best defensive back unit in the Big 12 Conference. You can argue that with me till the end of time. But I really feel strongly about it. Now, who is the best defense in the Big 12? I still believe that that's the Iowa State Cyclones. Because when I balance out my rankings, I had Iowa State as the best defensive line in the Big 12. And then for linebackers, I had Iowa State at 2. And then for D-backs, I had them at 2. Just top to bottom. When you look at the D-line and you look at Jaquan Bailey, Ray Lima, don't forget about Matt Leo. It's just so much talent there. Then you go to the linebacker spot and you see players like Marcel Spears and Willie Harvey to the back end of guys I mentioned in PV and Payne at cornerback. And then the number three JUCO transfer in America in Greg Eisworth at safety. There is so much to like about this defense for Iowa State. And they're going to get overlooked. They got a couple of votes in the preseason AP poll. But, man, this this team's the real deal. It is, and it does not get enough credit for that. It doesn't. Matt Campbell's fine with that, though. That's how Matt Campbell likes it. And I bet you that's how Cyclone Nation likes it as well. They want to ride under the radar. They want to just pick off Iowa in week two and Oklahoma again in week three. That's, that's all they're looking to do. They're happy. It's great. And college football's back. Big 12 football's back. That is even better. Coming up, I'll give you my final thoughts of the show. And don't forget, betnow.eu. I'm using it, placing my Big 12 bets there. I'll have my picks coming up this week. And a 100% sign-up bonus with the promo code HEARTLAND. Don't forget to use it. Check it out, betnow.eu. Pete Mundo for a final few minutes with you on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Always great to have you on board and and being a part of the show. You can find me on Twitter at Pete Mundo, the site on Twitter at Heartland underscore CS. So, all right, week one is here. What is going to happen, right? That's what you want to know. That's That's what you're paying me the big bucks for. First off, I believe that the Big 12 has a very good weekend. Week. How good? I think they're looking at a 10 and oh, weak. Yes, call me an eternal optimist. Call me a homer. That's fine. You can go ahead and you can do that. You can. But if we're being fair, the Big 12 is favored in every game. They should win every single one of these games. They don't have a ranked team on the schedule. They don't. Okay, yeah, Maryland beat Texas last year. They hung 51 in the Longhorns. If that happens this year... I'll quit. Uh, you'll never see me again. I mean, I, I will just walk right out of this studio, walk right off of this website. I will shut the whole damn thing down if Maryland hangs 51 on the Longhorns this weekend. I will be stunned. I don't see it happening. I just don't. Meantime, you get Texas Tech and Ole Miss. And that's also a game. that That's the one that scares me the most. Because I, I don't know what this Texas Tech team is. I, I just don't. I think I like the defense. I believe I like what David Gibbs has done over the past couple of years. 
I, I know Ole Miss is a team in transition coming off of the Hughes freeze nonsense and everything going on there. I do believe that. And yes, it's a game that's imperative for Cliff Kingsbury to keep his job. It is. I, I know it's crazy to say in week one, but you can't screw up games you're supposed to win. And this is one of them for Cliff Kingsbury. But I firmly believe that it's also a game that Texas Tech can take care of business in. I just wish they'd spread out these 11 a.m. games and put one of them at 6 or 7 o'clock at night because 11 a.m. we got OU Florida Atlantic, the TCU Southern, Maryland, Texas, Texas Tech Ole Miss, four 11 a.m. games. At night we got garbage, Kansas Nichols, K-State South Dakota, Baylor Abilene Christian, South Dakota State, and Iowa State. Middle of the pack, the only game in the 2.30 slot, West Virginia, Tennessee. I'm really not worried about it. I'm not. I have more faith in this West Virginia team than do most West Virginia fans. And maybe that's wrong of me. Maybe that's overly optimistic of me. Maybe a lot of them have said, Pete, you know, you don't, you're not a fan. You don't get it, man. This team always breaks our hearts. I understand that. But I really do believe that this West Virginia team is going to be playing in the Big 12 championship game in early December. I think you're going to have a repeat for two straight weeks. You're going to have OU, and we just talked about this with Bill Bender. You're going to have OU taking on West Virginia on Black Friday, and then eight days later, they're going to play for a Big 12 championship. It's crazy to say, but I firmly believe that that is where this conference is headed this fall. I do think Iowa State can make some noise, and I would not be shocked by it. But here's something that you know, I'm intrigued by in the non-conference over the next couple of weeks. This Ohio State game against TCU at Jerry's World. You know, Urban Meyer can't physically coach in it, but he can be involved with everything leading up to the game, practices, meetings, the whole deal. So it's not going to be all that different. I know he won't be standing there on the sidelines, and there's some type of aura around having your head coach on the sidelines, but at the same time, Ohio State will have been used to that over the past couple of weeks. They should be adjusted to it. And if TCU wins that game, I promise you, here is going to be the excuse-making. They're going to say, well, Urban Meyer wasn't there. He wasn't on the sidelines. And it's going to diminish TCU's win because people have been diminishing TCU since the inaugural college football playoff when the Horn Frogs and the Baylor Bears each got potentially screwed out of a playoff spot. And what this will also do is that if Ohio State goes on to win the Big Ten and they have a loss to TCU on the resume, the excuse will be, well, Urban Meyer wasn't there. I can see it perfectly right now where a loss to TCU in the non-conference without Urban Meyer physically on the sidelines somehow becomes a talking point for the college football playoff committee over the final couple of weeks. It's bogus, it's lame, it's pathetic, but let's be honest, the committee's done this before. They have made breaks for Ohio State in previous college football playoff situations, and it's got to end, and I'm going to start screaming about it right now. Even though it hasn't happened yet, I'm going to start discussing it right now because I can see it. I have had nightmares about it and bad dreams about it, and we all know it's coming. Let's be honest, we do. You can all see it loud and clear. You do. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly. Now, when you think about dark horses in this conference, is Iowa State at this point a dark horse? Maybe to the national guy they are. Maybe to the national gal they are. 
to those of us in the Big 12, I don't, I don't believe that to be the case. I really don't. I'm just not buying it. If you want a legit dark horse from me, a team that nobody's looking at, that can just come out of nowhere and push for a Big 12 discussion, championship discussion, the team for me is none other. Well, I'm going to give you two because I'm that kind of a guy. Oklahoma State and Kansas State. We'll start with K-State. The quarterback situation I love, I mentioned that earlier. I love Alex Barnes. Love the offensive line. I'm worried about the wide receivers. I'm worried about parts of the defense. But if it all clicks, and I believe it's a year away from clicking, but if it all clicks, don't be shocked if K-State is in the discussion come November. Don't be stunned by that. I need more out of the secondary. I do. Duke Shelley knows that. Kendall Adams knows that. These guys get it. They need to produce more, need more push from Reggie Walker and others on the defensive line, and the linebackers I feel pretty good about. But that's the, that's the biggest thing for this Kansas State team if it's going to be a player and be a dark horse this fall with this team with uh, Bill Snyder. Now, Oklahoma State, I, I mentioned them because, you know, I think about this program, and the defensive line is nothing to scoff at. It's, it's not. And I like new defensive coordinator Jim Knowles. A lot of people are saying many positive things about him. You get guys like Jordan Brelford at defensive line. Um, don't forget a guy, a guy like Mike Scott, fourth-ranked JUCO defensive end, part of the class of 2018. Um, Cole Waltershield. Uh, the defensive backs are actually pretty darn good. It might be the best one-two at cornerback in the conference, and A.J. Green or Darius Williams. There is a lot to like here. So those are my two dark horses for you. Kansas State and Oklahoma State. There you have it. Enjoy the games this week. We will talk to you next week, same time, same place, right here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. We crank up our music Friday nights on 2,000 country stations. Yeah, we're one big country nation, that's right. And, of course, rate, review, subscribe. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Share it. We are growing this thing because of you. I can't thank you enough for that. And if you send me a screenshot of your rating or review on iTunes to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, I got a free koozie coming your way. Thanks so much, guys. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll talk to you next week.